We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here at Blue Wire Studios in the Wynn Resort in Las Vegas. The old man, Andreas Hale, chiming in from home. Look at the office. Our heroes rock in the background. It is great to have another week of combat sports here. We already provided our wrestling show earlier in the week, recapped WrestleMania our entire week, Wale Mania. Producer Cole Bay Bay was in the house. Make sure you guys check that one out as well if you haven't already. Today, it's all about boxing. We also have our MMA episode that is dropping full previews of this weekend's UFC 287 card. So full slate of combat sports this week. But right now, like I said, it is all boxing. Dre, your voice is back. It is great to, to have you full full voiced on the show again. Yeah, my voice is back, but uh, I messed around. You know, while I was gone at uh, WrestleMania, the family got sick and they got the stomach flu. And uh, yeah, one day of being home nice and well, my voice comes back and I got the stomach flu too. So that's why I'm not at, not at the studio today because I'm saving all of you of what I've had to deal with for the last 24 hours. So Listen, man, I trade one thing for the other. <laughs> I appreciate that. I do not want to be sick. I had enough of, uh, of that while I was in Mexico. Caught food poisoning. In the middle of a bachelor party trip. So that was all bad. So I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be healthy. I don't want to catch anything. I made it out of Wale Mania and WrestleMania. Fairly healthy. Uh, my voice is intact. So, no, it's, it's, it's good. It's good to be back. It feels like forever since we've talked boxing. Because we really, we had two wrestling shows before we left. Boxing wasn't, like, really big. We had our plant recap and all that good stuff. But that was the last time we talked boxing. So we get to do that today. We get to recap Anthony Joshua's fight from over the weekend, what this means for him going forward, how he looked. We get to preview Shakur Stevenson, which is happening this weekend. What's next for Shakur after this? Lightweight division is stacked. Some good prospects on that card. So much going on there. Uh, I mean, a full fight fell out since the last time we were here. So we, had Tyson, we still didn't talk about Tyson Fury and Usyk falling out. Now there's rumors of a fight that has fallen out several times. Might actually be happening. Spencer Crawford, it doesn't look like you believe it, but we got to talk about the rumors nonetheless. So we have all of that to talk about on this show. 
But Dre, I want to start with something that was brought to the t- my attention in our reverse Rat Pack group chat. Freak Nick documentary is coming to television. How, Dre? How, like, how do you encapsulate what was Freak Nick in a documentary? You can't show half that shit. I mean, there's stuff you can show. I mean, it wasn't all, like, strippers and naked people running around. It was parties. It was, I mean, it was wild, but I'm I'm sure there's a lot of home footage that can come out. Um, <laughs> yeah, they announced a Hulu documentary. Uh, for those who listen to this podcast, I was at the last Freak Nick in 1998, and it was trash. Uh, my highlight of that week was it rained every day. They shut down. You couldn't go in the malls. You couldn't go. You couldn't go into anything. So you had to stay out on the street. So people were barbecuing on the freeway. And I saw a man get kicked in the chest by a horse. So that's what kind of happened from my uh, Freaknik experience. But from everything that I've heard from people that went before that, it was absolutely insane. I mean, granted, when I went, it was cool too. But I can't wait for this documentary. I can't wait to see what they do. A uh, guy I know, P. Frank Williams, is the one who's directing it. Um, so I'm going to be glued in. Uh, AJ Springer said with the one thing that resonated with me, somebody about to see their mama in this documentary. They gonna see their parents. Buckwilding. This, these are grandparents, people, grandparents on television, tossing ass, like just shaking it. I don't know what song was hot. Uncle Luke, whatever was hot down there at the time. It's just nothing but two live crew and they mama's just getting it. And now they grandmamas. How are you supposed to explain this? Right? 98. People who were 25 and 98, I'm trying to do quick math, are legit 48 now? I don't know. Maybe. 50. 50. 51. You're 51 years old now. They all grandparents. Damn near. If you were a freak, Nick, you probably are a grandparent. I mean, my, my mom is uh, my mom's 52. So she's she was a grand. She, my kid's grown. I'd be like, yo, Ma, where were you? 1996, around mid-March. Like, like let's, let's make sure you're not in this documentary so I don't got to explain why my mama was out there on a handstand in the middle of traffic. So I, I don't think my mom has ever been to Atlanta during this time. Puerto Rican Day Parade footage excluded, as long as there's no documentary on that from New York where we're okay. But looking at just documentary culture, we've seen one for Woodstock, I believe we've seen one. Well, yeah, that was like Woodstock, the last one, like in the 90s. Um, seen a Warped Tour one. To be able to capture that, that level of access and go back is great. Can we do that in today's day and age? Can there still be Hell that? Hell no. Like, no. no. Listen, I've never been to Coachella, but I don't, I'm not sure if it compares. Um, I mean, we had a while. No. Wally Mania was dope, but I couldn't imagine that as a full city. Nah, man. No, no. Look, Freak Nick, there was no cell phones. And if you did have a cell phone, you were rich. Because <laughs> ain't nobody was walking around with cell phones like that in the 90s. There was no camera phones. They, everybody had them little cameras that used to warm up, wait for the flash to get hot and take a picture. I mean, cats was still having cassettes and CDs. Like, CDs was a brand new thing. Ain't no way you can do what was done in the 90s today. Like, there's just no way. With social media and everything else, you couldn't hide anything. And that's for better or for worse. Like, for worse, because a lot of bad things happen at Freaknik. Like, I've seen some bad things happen at Freaknik that you couldn't get away with today. Men were savages. Right? I'm not going to say the women were completely innocent either. There were some wild women out there, too. But, 
You couldn't do that in this day and age. The day and age of cancel culture and the day and age of, you know, Me Too and all that. No, uh-uh. Couldn't happen. No way. No way. It's a moment in time that was fascinating and it was something that I wanted to experience when I got to college. But there's no way you could re- replicate that all over again. It was was dead. You got to let sleeping dogs lie because that's a wrap. I wonder what that – it was your college experience. But I wonder what that cultural experience is today, like the equivalent of that today. Because maybe it won't be at that height, right? Like it's like in pro wrestling. We try to compare stuff to the Attitude Era. I'm not sure if anything's going to be at that height. But we, we've had a good bloodline, like storyline. So like stuff is still good. I just don't know what the equivalent of a freak Nick would be today. Like something where everyone goes and it's one of those things where everyone's talking about it. It's like a huge FOMO event outside of a Coachella. But I, I don't know too many people want to go to Coachella like that. Like nah, that. Coachella doesn't compare. Now, spring break mm. ain't the I same. Mean, that's a, that's a, nah, none of, dude, listen, it was a big ass party that took over an entire city, right? Like every club had like, Jermaine Dupree and Goody Mob and Outkast and any any act was performing at a club or they're performing in the street. You had like there was little parties in the middle of the street. Like I said, they were barbecuing on the freeway because you couldn't drive anywhere. You can't you can't replicate that because, again, there's social media like people could watch it from their house. You had to be there to experience it. You can't do that again. Coachella is just a big concert. This wasn't no concert. This was a this was a block party, which was actually a city party. It took over the entire Atlanta. And if you've been to Atlanta, you know what that's like. From the underground, Little Five Points, Lennox, uh, Greenbrier, like you. Then you got the AUC where the colleges are at. Everywhere Traffic was a party. Is, there were people everywhere. Traffic's horrible every time I go to Atlanta as is. I couldn't imagine. that. It sounds like the worst, no, you couldn't, worst time. You couldn't go anywhere. You're in your bro, crib. You couldn't go anywhere. Or you were a freak, Nick. Yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't go anywhere like... Me and my crew, uh, Razor Ramon, part of the reverse rat pack, like we got out, one of our friends had a car, we got on the freeway, and we were just stuck there for hours. There was nowhere to go. You couldn't get off the freeway, you couldn't get on the freeway. It's not like you had um, Apple Maps or anything like that, so you couldn't tell where the traffic was coming from. You were just stuck. Wherever you were at, you were stuck. And most people just got out their cars and started partying. Just turn up your music real loud, put them 215s out your trunk, let them thump, and then have a party. That's how it was. <laughs> so everybody has a different... Freak Nick experience, I guess, based on where you were stuck at the time. It reminds me of South By, though. Like, when I went to South By, there was Twitter, there was everything, but it still felt, like, very contained. Where it was like, okay, everyone here who's partying is here. Like, if you ain't here, you really don't get it. And it, it's... Yeah. I mean, it, Maybe a weekend close. this time was somewhat similar, because I feel like running, not, like, to the level of a Freak Nick, obviously, but with like social media available, there's still not like an abundance of video or photos. People were like so, and this one was very different because it's been a while since like everyone saw everyone. People were so in the moment that people forgot to take a ton of pictures, a ton of video. You ain't got no video. You, you, no, you, you would do none. So like every now and then I'll see a new video pop up or randomly my wife posted like a bunch of stuff and there's a whole new angle of the, the toast from the brunch with like Seahawk and everybody. There's a random photo of all of us. I guess she took it. I didn't know who else took it. Um, so I have that photo of everyone outside. So it's like one of those things where it's like the entire night there's little glimpses of what happened, but it's one of those things that creates like that FOMO, that fear of missing out moment 
So it's it's so wild to think like we we have little slices of that and Freak Nick was so much bigger. And now we got to ask people again who are grandparents. Like, yo, we're going to have a documentary full of people 51 through, I guess, like 45 through 55 telling these wild ass stories. And I can't wait. Like, yo, grandkids, they're going to be like, mama going to be on TikTok. Because, you know, now this shit's hitting social media. So some guy had a thread. He was posting mad pictures. I was like, yo, I know this is like 1994. That chick was bad. I was like, at this point, she got to be like 55. But she probably aged gracefully because she was bad in 1994. I get it. Keep this in mind, right? Like South by Southwest, the point is hearing music. Uh, Coachella, the point is hearing music. Uh, WrestleMania, the point is wrestling. Freaknik, the point is fucking. So it's like this completely different atmosphere. Like it, 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 it's called Freaknik, right? Like there was no, the idea wasn't to go in. Uh, I mean, there was clubs and partying, but it was called Freaknik. It, it was, it was wild. It wasn't like South by South by. You was like, let me go see who's performing. Freaknik, you'd like to go see who's performing, but there was a lot of people out there fucking. So it's, it's different. It's just, it's crazy different. It's outside. That's the true definition of we outside. So crazy. Wow. Damn shit. I can't wait to watch. Is is gonna be phenomenal, and I was like, all right, let me let me talk to the guy who was there. Now that we found out what was going on there, before we dive headfirst into into boxing, and that brings up what's about to be a crazy slate of boxing. With we're two weeks away from not a freaknik crowd, I don't think, but Tank and Ryan, and the buzz for this even two weeks out is ginormous already. This. This city in Vegas is going to be absolutely nuts for that fight. I've had like four people hit me up and I was like, yo, I'm thinking about coming to Vegas for the fight. I'm not sure they're having tickets. Like, I just want to come to the city. This, am I crazy to think this is the biggest fight, boxing, UFC, otherwise, in the city since, I got to give it Mayweather Pacquiao, but I kind of want to go Mayweather Hatton. I mean, probably since Mayweather McGregor would probably be the big, better comparison because this is a fight that's going to tap into a young, younger demographic as well. Um, I mean, man. So yesterday I interviewed Damian Lillard uh, for the Sporting <laughs> News, and that'll be coming out soon. And it was funny because it was an interview that was scheduled for like 15 minutes, and we ended up talking for an hour and a half and just about boxing. and. Uh, we got to talking about Ryan and Tank, and he was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be there. Like, of course. And, like, everybody's <laughs> going to that fight. So it's like the, 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 the people that are about to descend upon Las Vegas. Now, granted, Dame Lillard is a big boxer fan. He's going to go to a fight. But the way he said it, he was like, there's certain fights you just don't miss in person. Ryan and Tank is one of them. He was like, there's very few that I think the other one that he really wanted to see but because he's a boxing guy was Wilder Fury. Like, he yeah. didn't miss that. But... Tank and Ryan is, just, is different, man. It's just this city is going to be stupid, and I don't know. I don't know how I'm gonna feel because it's, it, you know we got to cover the fight. Mayweather Pacquiao was just ridiculous on all kinds of levels, and tent. I was exhausted that week at a circus tent. Yeah, it yeah it was dumb. It was dumb. Mayweather McGregor they kind of priced the tickets out, so a lot of people that wanted to go couldn't go to that fight. So the atmosphere wasn't quite the same, but it was still like a humongous fight. When you talk about Mayweather Hatton, you had the Irish black folks mixed together. 
This, you're going to have black folks and Latinos and Mexican crowds smashed together in one city, plus a bunch of 20-somethings in the, in the city. Look out. It's going to be dangerous. But I'm looking forward to it because I want to see the, the, what kind of chaos this brings out. I'm ready. The pool party is going to be rocking. There's going to be a ton oh, of influencers. That's, that's the other shit. Like, everyone's liable to end up on somebody's TikTok. Don't get drunk. Don't do nothing stupid. Because you're going viral because everyone's recording everything. This, this is that case study where you're like, yo, you can't have Freak Nick because everyone's watching at home. That's this weekend. Like, or that weekend when yeah. it pops up. Because, like, no matter what you do, someone's going to be recording. Someone's going to be recording everything that weekend. That's how these kids get down. And then the stupid little pranksters or the people. You know, the worst trend, by the way, on the internet is the guys who, like, walk up and just randomly, like, interview girls. And they'd be like, yo, hey, oh, blah, blah. And then, like, can I touch your ass? Like, it's, it's mad corny. Those guys are going to be out. Those are the people with, like, disposable income that's buying all these tickets. So it's, it's I went to a Ryan Garcia fight. And a Jake Paul fight was like this, too. But I went to the Ryan Garcia fight in L.A., I think, last year. And... I saw more 13, 14, 15-year-old kids in, like, Balmain and Balenciaga just decked out in designer clothes. That was the entire audience. And they all showed up to watch Ryan. So between that and Tank and, yo, this, we're going to be exponentially older than everyone in the building. Media excluded. Like, we are going to be old yeah. as men. Yeah. No, I, I'm 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 kind of scared of that. Like when I was working at the Zone and we did Ryan's fights, I think it was the Ryan Fonseca fight. Yeah, because he knocked out Fonseca in the first or the second. First, he blew his ass up. Yeah. I can't remember what round. Quick left hand. It wasn't the first. Yeah, because yeah. he he was bragging about you know how how he got it done faster than the Tank did. So I'm I'm sitting by Jake and Logan Paul actually, and. Beforehand, you know, I had talked to Ryan. I think I spent like a day with him. And, and he was like, you want to come to the after party? Like they had a house party. And I felt so <laughs> weird. I was like, nah, I can't go to that. Like the, the, the words were exactly, I can't go to that. I don't feel right going to y'all shit. Like I need to go home. I had to catch my flight. I'm going home. And from what everything that I've heard, it was ridiculous. And that was just for the Fonseca fight. Like Juju, Juju Schuster Smith was there. Uh, a gang of people were there, and I was just like, "Yo, I'm going home. I don't feel right hanging out with y'all." Yeah, y'all, no, I, I'm, Hang, that's I'm like rusty. hanging out with my kids. Yeah, Dang, I'm rusty you and my beer pong arm. Like, I ain't, it ain't good enough. I ain't gonna get beat by a bunch of twenty year olds trying to shoot beer pong. My flip cup game ain't where it's supposed to be. Nah, no, no house parties for me. Boxing or are the rise right now. I'm way too rusty. That was ten years ago. Kel. Yeah, ten years ago. I was like 24 and we damn near started this podcast. I would have been in there. Yeah, nah, nah. Now I've got kids who are 21. I can't fuck with them. So yeah, I expect okay. a lot of that energy here. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A fight that is rumored for Vegas, June 17th. Stop me if you heard this before. Terrence Crawford, Errol Spence. Stop. Undisputed title for Juneteenth weekend. Pay-per-view. 15th times the charm? Dre, like, I, I, am I still, I feel like this could happen because it's so quiet around it. I feel like it may come to fruition. Yo, I don't care if they I don't care if they show a commercial. I ain't gonna believe this fight till they get in the ring. I'm I'm done. I'm done speculating. Like well, you know, everybody here's the here's the problem with this fight. Well with this uh rumor, Ring magazine uh put it out there. And because it's Ring Magazine and I work there and I know some of the people work there, I'm not saying they're not credible. But the credible sources haven't said a word about this. Not yet. And that's where I'm a little like, mm, I don't know if this is happening. Then Terrence Crawford came out and said April Fool's, even though it wasn't April Fool's, but whatever. And uh, yeah, man, I'm just not buying it. I, it, it. It is very quiet. Alexis Roca has now booked a fight, so that won't be Terrence Crawford's next opponent. I do feel like the plan is for Errol to fight on June 17th. And if Terrence is there, then so be it. But he'll probably end up fighting Keith Thurman. That's my gut feeling. I have no intel on this whatsoever. I haven't talked to anybody. I just don't feel like this fight is a done deal. If it is, that's great. But it's almost so far past due that I don't want to say I don't care. But again, until it's fight week, I don't give a shit. There ain't nothing to talk about. I just don't believe this fight's happening. For the sake of argument, say it's signed. They announced it on the Ryan card like ring said they're going to try to do. They always try to announce it big time. Like, who knows when they announce it. Sake argument, say they announce it the night of Ryan and Tank. What's the biggest, what's the bigger fight here in Vegas? Ryan Tank. This one. Ryan and Tank. Ryan bigger Tank. than Crawford. Yes. Spent. Yes. Okay. Yes. Because this fight's taking so long, it'll still be big. Don't get me wrong. It'll still be a big fight. But Ryan and Tank are... Their social media presence is massive. It's happening at the right time. They're both coming in hot. The build of the fight has been perfect. The all-access was great. Even the commercial with Phil Collins in the air of the night, that's dope. <laughs> it's, it's in April. 
June 17th is hot as fuck. But that, never mind all that. Crawford Spence is a big fight, but there isn't a cross-cultural, uh, cross-generational pull that Tank and Ryan has. I think, but these will be the two biggest fights this year. But I, I'll tell you what, to be honest, it could end up being the third biggest fight this year if Canelo signs the fight Benavidez. I think that might be bigger than Spence and Crawford at this point in terms of Ooh. the mainstream. Not overall. I think overall the biggest fight in boxing is Crawford Spence. It's like arguably number one versus number two or number one versus number three, however you put them in order. It's a bigger fight. But in terms of like the mainstream and casual appeal, it doesn't touch Tank and Ryan. I don't want to say it doesn't touch it. It comes close, but I don't think it's bigger. I, I give it one B to Tank and Ryan. It's bigger than Canelo and Benavidez. Canelo and Benavidez just became be. a star. I, I think mainstream... And, like, it's coming from, like, Stephen A. has mentioned it several times on First Take. It's been a topic. It's something that mainstream kind of bought into for a second, and now they're burnt out on it because it didn't happen. And they're just like, all right, we're not even talking about this. But as soon as it's, like, signed, there's a poster, and these two are on, like, that little promo joint and standing across from each other and staring down each other. I, I think we see a ramp right back up. The First Take coverage, the F uh, FS1 coverage, all that. I think it gets the monster push through the NBA playoffs. You know, they can pull some strings uh, with PBC to have it talk about. I mean, Ryan was just at WrestleMania. That was a great look for them. So they're doing everything right there. If they can do the same, kind of get a push through those NBA playoffs to promote it, I, I think it'd be the second biggest fight of the year, tied for first maybe. And I, I say that not knowing what the rest of the year holds for, Anthony Joshua, who just fought. Because we had the falling out of Tyson Fury, Alexander Usyk. It does not look like they're going to renegotiate anytime soon. We are not going to have an undisputed heavyweight champion anytime soon. Usyk now has two mandatories lined up. Fury, I'm, he doesn't have to fight. It doesn't look like WBC is pushing him to defend against anyone. He just fought a mandatory. Um, if they give him a mandatory, I think it's like Joe Joyce. And that could be a cool little fight, but that's over in, in the UK. I don't think those guys fight for another year, two years, if it happens. So Anthony Joshua is just sitting here now. And for all purposes, he's the golden goose in the heavyweight division. And if he fights Wilder or if he fights Fury, that's probably the second biggest fight of the year. Maybe the biggest. Joshua Wilder in the UK might be as big as Tank and Ryan. That, man, that's tough. All right, first of all, here's why I say that Canelo and Benavidez could be bigger than Spence and Crawford. Spence and Crawford do not draw individually, pay-per-view-wise at all. They don't. They haven't proven to do anything, especially Bud. Now, Spence has done, what, like 200,000 buys? Canelo's a proven draw by himself. So if Benavidez were to fight him and Benavidez is coming off of the biggest victory of his career in a pay-per-view as the Mexican monster threatening Canelo on Mexican Independence Day, that is a massive, massive fight. Spence and Crawford, they, we haven't seen either of them. Like, And I know, yeah, Terrence Crawford fought in December, but nobody saw that shit. Like, nobody went, nobody cared, nobody saw it. Spence hasn't fought since what? Ugas? So it's like, come on, guys. Like, there's not, there's not a big draw for either of them. Now, Joshua and Wilder, 
It's tough because Joshua's last fight couldn't draw flies to shit. Like nobody really cared. He's fighting <laughs> Jermaine Franklin, which I'm totally fine with. It's tune-up fight. Get him back on the winning track. It wasn't like a spectacular performance. It was solid. He got the job done. Jermaine Franklin's tough. Whatever. Against Wilder, I think it's huge. Like they put if they put it at Wembley, they do gangbusting numbers. Depending on who handles the promotion of the pay-per-view would be the key, though. If it's the zone, good luck. Because they don't they don't do well marketing in the States. It'll still do well, but it it won't do what if they have the engine that PBC does to promote the fight, it's a lot bigger. But Joshua's not coming off the greatest performance. You got you go with what's hot. So I I don't know. It's a big fight. Don't get me wrong. It's a huge fight. It's just Joshua just he hasn't looked great in his last couple fights. He just hasn't. And Wilder, yeah, he looked great, but it'll do well. It just if they were both coming off big wins, it's not it's not as big as it would have been when they were both champions. Not like not even close. Yeah. But still big. It's still the biggest heavyweight fight out there. It's weird because sooner or later the zone is going to have to prove that they can do those monster events outside of Canelo kind of sells himself and they don't really give up those numbers so long. It wasn't pay-per-view. They haven't disclosed pay-per-view numbers. You don't know how he was trending compared to when he was fighting um, on normal pay-per-view before going to the zone. So it's one of those things where it appears like their promotion is lacking because they don't have those partnerships, those lineal partnerships like, you know, PBC has and, top rank has with ESPN, you, you look at it, you'd be like, uh, it's, if you're not on social media, if you're not following them, it's very hard to know what is happening, what is coming. That information is not going to find you. So it, it's one of those things where the zone has to bridge that because they're continuing to sign fighters. Eddie Hearn is talking like he wants to be the UFC, the WWE of this and be the hub of fights and, and have everyone under his banner. But it's like, if you want that, you, you have to provide a platform that markets these people and not just, yo, whatever you come in with, you come in with. Can you build stars? And I'm not sure the zone currently to, to date has built anyone into a star. To be honest, Joshua was a star I mean, when he got there. Canelo was a star when he got there. Dude. Triple G was a star when he got there. Ryan had social media following way before going to the zone. Who have they built into a star? That's that's tough. I, I can't name I can't name anyone. Look, take it from somebody who works there, who worked there. This is a place that that thinks that the rest of the world is like the UK, where when a fight happens, is the world stops for boxing. I've been to the UK. I've been to Wembley. I know what it's like. The world stops for an Anthony Joshua fight. The world stops for Dillian White because he's a massive star. But what the zone doesn't understand and what Eddie Hearn doesn't, I don't know if he doesn't understand, if he doesn't try to understand, is that the world doesn't stop in America. There's always like seven sports going on at the same time, whether it's the UFC, whether it's the NHL, the NBA, the MLB, the NFL, whether it's another fight from another promotion, whether it's a concert, there's always something going on in America. So you have to be a little bit more diligent in promoting fights in the States because the world ain't stopping for any fight. So even Wilder and Fury, as big as it was, with all the promo they had, they still struggled, quote-unquote struggled, to sell pay-per-views like they could have if it was just in the UK. 
The fact of the matter is that the zone does not understand the U.S. market. They don't really get it. They want to be the home for boxing, but even with Canelo, they struggled to market them. There were there were times when we did a Canelo fight, and they were like, "You didn't see any billboards anywhere. Yeah. You didn't really see any commercials anywhere." Because you're right, they don't have those partnerships. But you got to go the extra mile, and they're not really doing that. I mean, they haven't really signed anybody that is not a star. I mean, you, they're building somebody like a Virgil Ortiz. You got guys like Austin Ammo Williams. You got Diego Pacheco. You have some of those guys, right? But they're not they're not built for America. They don't yeah. get it. They they don't have a, a PR team in America that truly understands how to market to an American audience and to break through what we call the glass ceiling of I need to watch this fight. Yeah. What hurts it even more is the zone charges you like two hundred goddamn dollars a year for their subscription service. And then got the nerve to charge you for a pay-per-view. This is a difficult sell, man. Like, like you pay-per-views in the States are, you know, Ryan the Tank is what, $99 or something like that. Which yeah, is it's a like lot of money. $79, $89 if you want HD. Who doesn't watch an HD? So it's like $89. Bucks. But um, yeah, so Andy it's $89, $89, right? That, but that's like a third of what a DAZN subscription is, and you don't get Canelo for free. You like Anthony Joshua versus Jermaine Franklin was for free, but if Anthony Joshua fights Deontay Wilder, I got to pay on top of that. That's crazy. In the they UK, it's like people. twenty. They got to do right? better. In the UK, it's like twenty bucks. Yeah, but who time. gives a shit? Yeah, the market's in the states. You got You have to market to the states. Canelo's gonna fight wherever because he's Canelo. He looks at his situation as wherever I fight, people are gonna watch. I don't give a shit if they promote me or not. I'm gonna get my coin. My bag's gonna come. But anybody else. It's a struggle. Anthony Joshua's the same way. He fights wherever. He's getting paid. He's getting a bunch of money. He's getting a big bag, and he's going home. Zone don't really got to work for those guys, but everybody else, they got to put in work. No, nah, definitely. It's, it'll be interesting to see how they build going forward because there's a guy, guys like Devin Haney, who's a promotional free agent, and it's, this is the end of his top-ranked deal that he signed for three fights to go and get those belts. But now it's like, there's a ton of visibility he's gotten by being on ESPN. Regardless of how anyone feels, like there's commercials for him. There's shows on ESPN. He's been on all the daytime shows. It's helped his profile. And now to go back to the zone, it's like, what are y'all doing for me? Because really, he can bounce between top rank on ESPN and PBC, get the best of both worlds, and probably elevate as quick as anything. So it's when the people channel, leave, how do you get them back? Is the is then the question? Unless you overpay, the bag which of has money. been there, which has yes. been their mo with Triple G, with Canelo, with Joshua. Not that Josh, like these people, don't pay dividends, but you overpay for people to fight on your platform. Yes, that, I mean it's, it's really simple. They overpay talent, right? They overpay talent because they need to, and they got the money to do so. But there is a reason why. When the zone started, and again, I was there when the zone launched. I was the first hire on the on the editorial side at the zone. There's a reason why they were trying to get rid of pay-per-view, and they were the streaming service that they overpaid this talent. But now, from a service that was ten dollars a month yeah. to a service that's two hundred dollars annually, there's a reason why it went up. They got to make up a lot of money because they lost in the states. So 
they can still overpay, but I, they're going to be a lot more careful with who they're throwing bags of money at. Dude, they offered Adrian Broner like what was that? Like eight million a fight? Eddie yeah. Hearn offered him. Yeah, Broner. Adrian Broner. Really? You messed up that one. Come on. It's it's one of those. It's not a good. It's not a good place for him. Man, it it is tough. And then outside of that, we have fights. We could talk about Anthony Joshua's last fight. Actually, recap that real quick. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. He did what he was supposed to do, kind of. I thought there was times during that fight against Franklin where he could have stepped on the gas and got him out of there. But he looked tentative. He looked like someone who not only has been stopped before, but someone who no longer likes taking punches. Because even against Usyk, he only got rocked and woozy like once. He was in that fight at different points. But any time now, there's stiff jab coming at him, overhand right, he gets clipped a lot now, and every time he does, he's on his bike, and there's a hard reset. There, there's no bite down on your mouthpiece, stand and bang. We didn't see the Anthony Joshua that we saw two years ago, three years ago, where he was one of the best knockout artists in the heavyweight division. He still has the power. He still has the technique to knock people out. I'm not sure if he has the, the mental awareness and toughness it takes to take one, to throw one, and to sit down on that punch. I'm not sure we see that Anthony Joshua again. He could bounce around to as many trainers as he wants. If that doesn't come back, he's not going to be the same guy. Um, The key thing you said is bite down your mouthpiece. This is something me and Dame talked about in the interview. Dame said the same exact thing. He said the man doesn't bite down his mouthpiece anymore. He got to take it out of him. He's gun shy. He, he's scared. He's... He doesn't like what it felt like to get hurt. And he doesn't want to experience that again. And you can tell in every fight that he's fought since, there's no reckless abandon. Even when he fought Klitschko and he got hurt, he was still confident in his ability to get back into the fight and score a knockout in what was the fight of the year with that 11th round stoppage of Vladimir Klitschko. But when he lost to Andy Ruiz, something else happened. He's not the same guy anymore. Losing twice to Usyk, it's not the losses. It's the fact that he gets hurt and he doesn't bite down on the mouthpiece. He doesn't have what we would call the dog in him anymore. He doesn't have that. It doesn't exist. Terrence Crawford has dog in him, right? Like, he going to fight your ass. He's not going to cruise to a victory. He's going to try to hurt you. Nobody's taking that out of him yet. Like, guys like Sean Porter, they don't back off. They keep coming. Even if they're going to lose, they keep coming. Anthony Joshua doesn't do that anymore. He boxes, and that's not really his style. And if you watch the Jermaine Franklin fight, it wasn't it wasn't an impressive performance. He got the job done because he's a better skilled fighter, period. Easy work for him to do that. But if you're going to face the elite, you can't do that shit. You know who bites down on their mouthpiece and might get Anthony Joshua out of there? If And it could be a big fight if 
This man doesn't end up fighting a champion next. Joe Joyce. Oh, yeah. Joe Joyce bites down on his mouthpiece and hurts people. Anthony Joshua doesn't have that in him anymore. And I don't know if you can get it back. I hope you do. Because that man that I think knocked out 21 of his first 22 opponents, with the exception of Joseph Parker, was a scary man. Built like a superhero action figure, menacing power, was going to finish the job when he got the opportunity. But if that man is gone, he's on the back nine of his career, and he might only have a few fights left. Yeah, it was always a matter of when he stopped people, right? Like you mentioned that Klitschko fight. He got dropped. He's still going to finish him because he had Klitschko hurt before then. And he hit him with an uppercut from hell, and then that was that was the end of that. It was something yeah. different about that Ruiz fight. And it, it goes to say there's different levels to getting stopped and getting knocked out in combat sports. And getting flash knocked down, Fury's been flash knocked down several times. Doesn't mess with his psyche. He just thinks, oh, he caught me, so be it, whatever. Lucky punch, he gets up. Even for someone as great as Wilder. Lucky punch, I get back up, I'm bringing it to him. Wilder justifies his. It's like, I hit the guy with the best punch I had. He was big as hell, and he leaned on me. He made me tired. I, I collapsed out of exhaustion. Good luck anyone else doing that to me, right? Like, there's, there's ways to explain these things. When you look at someone like Anthony Joshua in his fight against Andy Ruiz, he had Ruiz down. It looked like he was going to win that fight easily. And Ruiz took something from him. He kind of like took his soul. It was to the point, I'm not going to say the man quit. I don't see anyone quits. But it was taken out of him slowly. It wasn't a flash, bang, bang, knockdown. He, he was in the corner. He had to stare at Ruiz. He had to smile. He had to keep going. And when it was time to dig deep and find out what you had, he, he didn't have it anymore. So when you look at that and the way he loses, Man, it, it becomes tough to really bounce back from something like that. And I'm not sure if we see that level of intensity from Anthony Joshua again going forward. Talking about this weekend's fights, though, to change gear real quick. Shakur Stevenson is fighting this weekend. Him versus Yoshino. Yoshino's ranked like sixth at 135 pounds. This is the only fight for Shakur Stevenson to really get that mandatory title opportunity since he lost his titles on the scale. If he didn't, he would have had a mandatory off rip, but now he has to fight the best contender that will sign on the dotted line to make him a mandatory. He wanted to fight Cambosis. Cambosis wasn't ready yet. He then wanted to fight Isaac Cruz, who was ranked, um, I believe, second in lightweight. Isaac Cruz passed on the fight as well, so he kept going down the list. Javante Davis obviously has a fight. Lomachenko, who is right after Javante, has a fight. He's fighting the champion, Devin Haney. I'm kind of skipping the line a little bit. So next up is Yoshino. A lot of people haven't heard of him, but he's a very good fighter, very tough fighter from Japan, and he's, it's going to be a game fight. But for Shakur Stevenson, even though it's in Newark, it's in his backyard, I don't want to call it a lose-lose, but it's one of those where he has to dominate or the fans aren't going to really buy in to the hype of Shakur Stevenson at 135. He's in that position now where you either got to go out there and stop a guy or people are going to complain. And that's really not his game. Yeah, See, I don't know about that. I, I, I think in the case of Shakur, he's kind of proven himself to be a master class in, te in, in technique. 
And people, yeah, you want to see a knockout, but I don't think people expect it out of Shakur. They expect what he did to Oscar Valdez, which was box brilliantly and dominate the fight. So if he does that this weekend, I don't think anybody's going to complain because um, Shakur has never established himself as a knockout artist like somebody like Tank Davis. I will say this. Top Rank has done a brilliant job making sure that Shakur, Keyshawn, and Jared Anderson stay on the same cards every single time. This is smart booking because, like, you're building them together. Like, they're always around each other somehow. And uh, I think when you tune in now, yes, you tune in to see Shakur, but Shakur is always talking about Keyshawn or Shakur is talking about Jared Anderson or those two are talking about him. This is smart all the way around, but in terms of the fight itself, yeah, we all expect Shakur to win. He's arguably the most skilled boxer of this new generation. Um, is you know between him and probably Devin Haney, even though it gives starting to give Shakur the edge because in terms of technique, he's he's a little bit more offensive minded, but he could take away all your weapons. I, I, I expect him to dominate. I don't think anybody will complain. I think if he wins this fight, he's everybody's mandatory in a sense. And what I mean by that is if he fights anybody, people are going to be looking forward to it. Whether it's David, whether it's Loma, whether it's Tank, whether it's Ryan, it don't matter. Like people want to see him fight and he's good enough where you might say that he's the favorite against all of them Mm -hmm. right now. So I don't think it really matters how he looks in, in this weekend unless he loses. But other than that, if it's a close fight, that'll probably hurt him too. But we don't expect that. I don't think he needs to knock him out. He just needs to dominate the fight. Yeah, I think if people saw him in a close fight and he's, like, digging deep, they might add, like, more credibility to him. I don't know how much that helps against, like, an opponent no one knows. Even though, again, this is a tough-ass opponent. Like, this isn't a cupcake. This is a guy you're going down the list. He is fifth or sixth in the world, depending on how you have the rankings. So it's someone who's very tough, and he tried to fight people even tougher because now he's at the point in his career where it's all just basis of comparison. It's he wanted to fight Isaac Cruz. Why? Because Tank fought Cruz. And if he dominated Cruz, they'd be like, see, I'm way better than him. And then he wanted to fight Cambosis. Doesn't matter, Cambosis was coming off of losses. Cambosis now, I think, booked another fight for like June or July. But it was one of the things like, see how Devin did to him? I could do him worse. It's all basis of comparison now in opponents. And he's trying to chase down these people. It's just when you look across at it, you're like, "Eh, I don't really want to get schooled by Shakur. Because there's a different level of like, yo, I'm going in there and I might get knocked out by Tank. But you look at Leo Santa Cruz, took a lot of rounds. Mario Barrios took a lot of rounds. Roley, not so much. But everyone else could be like, yo, look it, I, I did pretty well until he, he slept me with the NyQuil. With Shakur, he doesn't give you that. You're going to get dominated. You're going to be made to look silly. And it's going to hurt you. No one's looking at Oscar Valdez, like the guy who beat the hell out of Burchell, who is... Really, he was dominant in several weight classes. And then Shakur was dropped him, danced around him, and then celebrated 30 seconds before the bell rang with his arms down, just strutting around the ring, made Valdez look silly. And Valdez couldn't do anything. He was swinging at air. And it was just like, man, he just completely outclassed. Now I think Valdez is a co-mate to Loma Haney, I believe. So it's one of those, like, he got to completely rebuild. That's what Shakur does to you. Much like Mayweather did. Like, you don't go from that to, oh, he's still really good. No, you go from that to, damn, he got schooled. Like, you got to rebuild your whole persona after you fight a guy like that. So no, no one's rushing to yeah. fight him. 
I think Not Devin. Right I think Devin's gone if he wins. If he beats Loma, I think he's up to one forty. But I would have loved oh, to see Shakur and Devin. Yeah, hundred percent. Devin's gone. I mean, you see Devin. You've seen Devin. Yeah, he's big at one thirty-five. He's really big, and this weight cut is tough. And I haven't even seen him for camp, but I know this weight cut is tough. I've just been around him for other weight cuts. And as you get older, the weight cuts get more difficult. He's definitely going to 140. They're all going there. Shakur is the smallest of them all. Yeah. Like Tank Shakur is tiny time. in terms of like, yes, yeah, like Tank is tiny with his arms and his height and shit, but he's stocky. Shakur is small. He make. I mean, I don't want to say nobody makes weight easily, but he is, he could sit at 135 a little bit more comfortable than everybody else has been at 135. But nobody's in a rush to fight him because. I mean, yeah, they don't want to get schooled, but the money's not there to get schooled. That's the other challenge. Shakur keeps building his rep. Then you're going to have to fight him because the money's going to be there. Right now, who wants to get their ass whooped for a couple hundred thousand dollars? Nobody. (laughs) Not those guys. All of them, you can argue that all of them, if Devin beats Loma, him too, Devin, Ryan, and Tank are bigger than Shakur in terms of star power. And they're going to want a greater split of the purse even though Shakur may be the better fighter. So who wants to take that risk? Eventually it's going to have to happen though. They can't run for Shakur forever. And I and I'm not I don't want to say run. I think Devin would fight him immediately. If the money was on par, like he just fight him. I think Tank would do the same thing. I think Ryan would too. Uh, I'm very interested there's another name out there that we haven't talked about, Tiafimo Lopez. Very interested what he will do with these guys cuz he's got a rep to rebuild. After losing the Cambosis. Well yeah, Maybe I mean he now he's he's, he's on the way for a title fight. Uh, as well in June. So, I mean, arguably, yeah. everyone else keeps stepping up in competition, and Teal had the hiccup, but he's stepping up another level in competition. So he's fighting Josh Taylor, who vacated titles, but this man went through everyone at 140, and now Teal Fimo has to test himself again against the best person in the weight class. So he did it once with Loma Chaco, stepped up and beat Loma, had his little hiccup, but now he's challenging the best guy at the next weight class. No one can say they've challenged the best person in two divisions. So he's stacking his no. resume and taking challenges. Teal's not ducking anybody. So, like, a fight against Josh Taylor, however that plays out um, in June, then we'll know a lot more about Teal and all these other guys now. They're belt collecting at 140, but they're all going to run into each other there. And there's a guy like Regis Proigris who's there, and he's tough as hell. So 140 is about to be as stacked as 135. It's just looking at 135... Lomachenko's not going anywhere, right? Like, this is as high as he can go. So him and Shakur eventually are going to have to fight no matter what. It's just a matter of, at this point, Shakur handled business this weekend. You're, you're looking at, yo, you got to root for Lomachenko to be Haney. Because if he does, Loma's not vacating any of those belts. You got a direct line to an undisputed title fight. If Haney wins, he probably vacates and the belts are everywhere. Now you're collecting for another three years. Yeah. It, it, I mean, again, Lomachenko's tiny. The biggest deficit that Lomachenko has is he's legitimately small. Like, him against Teal, they look weight classes apart. Yeah. Lomachenko's a little guy. So if he were to beat Devin Haney, which I don't think is going to happen, uh, but if he were to beat him, I could see him and Shakur fighting next. So Shakur's got to hope and pray that there's somebody there that could give him a, a you know a nice little rub to fight at 35. Yeah. Otherwise, he's gonna be running around chasing guys. He's gonna have to continue to call guys out. Then maybe 
is when you start needing to see Shakur Stevenson just blow people out. Even though he'll dominate them, maybe he's got stuff on the gas. I don't know. I don't know what's going to get people to want to fight him. That's the hard part. He is too damn good, but the value ain't there to fight him just yet. We'll have to see. We'll have to see if there's another two years for the all fight. But the thing is, is that Josh Taylor's fighting Tiafima Lopez. Tank's fighting Ryan Garcia. Uh, Devin Haynes fighting Lomachenko. All, the youth movement are all fighting each other. Yep. So one way or another, all these guys are going to get in the ring with one another. And it seems like it'll happen within the next 24 months. Yeah, it's, they're either fighting each other or they're fighting the best of the, the class right above them. So it, it, they're, kudos to them. They're not ducking anybody. You look at someone like Frank Martin, who would be a great opponent for Shakur as well, who's you know part of his youth movement. Not mentioned as much, but signed to Errol Spence. And working his way up, way up, and Frank Martin just had one hell of a night. So he he's a guy who's trying to get into the the mix as well. So boxing's doing boxing tings. The young people are actually fighting each other. Big fights coming up all month into May into June. It's one hell of a slate. And now we're really pushing towards the exciting fights. Even though we lost Fury and Usyk, so plenty of boxing. We'll talk about every single week. It's nice to get back into the mix. We appreciate you all for listening. As always, shout out to everyone here at Blue Wire Studios and Wynn Resort in Las Vegas. Make sure you guys check us out on social media at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, Corner Club for Life on Instagram, at Corner Pod on TikTok, also on YouTube, the Corner Podcast. This week, we're having our WrestleMania recap up on there in full. Yes, all two hours of it. This show and our MMA show will be fully on YouTube as well. So make sure you guys check that out. It's a ton of Corner Podcast content. Shout out to everyone, Wale Mania. Again, all our peeps, everyone. Um, we did the rounds, met everyone. It was amazing. Can't wait to have people on our show. Can't wait to be on more other podcasts as well coming up this, this summer. That is going to be very fun. In the meantime, though, you guys stay safe to carry yourself. Don't get sick like the old man. We appreciate you all. Old man, feel better. Till next time, we're out. Peace.